What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Monday episode of Flipping Bats, and it's the first Monday of the new month, meaning Team of the Month, Player of the Month coming at you. Of course, we got a new Top 10 Power Rankings. We got Overreaction Monday. We got a new but sad Steven Strasburg update for everyone, a Kasumba Dennis update, a great Yankees-Dodgers series, this is going to be great. Let's get to it. What is up, my friends? I hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. I'm quite sure Alex did without even knowing yet what you <laughs> did this weekend. But I hope you had a good weekend, everybody. This is going to be a great episode. I always love the first one of the month, first Monday episode of the month, because it's team of the month and player of the month. And we are getting currently, as many of you know, we record the Monday show Sunday night during the Sunday night baseball game. So We've gotten a great Dodgers-Yankees series, and it's currently 2-1 in the bottom of the eighth, so it's continuing to be a great story, but we'll talk all about that series. Um, but Alex, I must ask, yeah. what would what, what, what'd you do this weekend? <laughs> I continued the birthday celebration. I did three <laughs> different birthday celebrations. The birthday celebration? Yeah. From last last. Well, because I didn't celebrate with my family, and then it was also my <laughs> sister's 30th birthday. So, but before that, I went to the owner of Minecraft's birthday celebration and he rented out the LA Coliseum and built a European nightclub on the field at the Coliseum. This is fake. Which was the most insane thing. I can't share photos because it was like a no photo policy once you're in there, but it was like the most crazy thing I have ever seen. You like walk through the smoky tunnel, you go down into the Coliseum and he built like a three story nightclub on the field. Skrillex played a lot that's, of different DJs. That's not a real thing. And it, it was a real I don't thing. That I don't believe that. They did. It ridiculous. was it was insane. And then I had a family birthday dinner for my birthday, and then a birthday barbecue for my sister's birthday. So it was you, just another birthday weekend celebration. You live a fake life. It's just wild. You I, do. I it, I never know what you're gonna do on the weekend. <laughs> Some weekends you're like literally in a zoo. And then some weekends you're like in another like La La Land, a made up make believe. Somebody took over the L.A. It's Coliseum real. and it's real. Meanwhile, you are living your best retired professional athlete life. That's true. Just playing golf all day, every day. You, please tell me like you're getting great at this point because you're playing what three or four times a week. Yeah, I play. I play a good bit. Probably. Probably two or three times a week I'm playing as Look fair. at this shot from this weekend. This, this one made me laugh. This was uh tell, this tell was Saturday. Um I ended up so it was a par three. Ended up, I don't know, a few yards left of the green, but there wasn't much room. <laughs> a few yards. In in the lake, if you're looking at in, the, in the lake with no shoes on, and he's actually taking the chip from in the mud and is Correct. standing in the lake. My ball was I walked up and I saw it and thought to myself, Oh, hell no. I ain't taking a penalty for this. <laughs> took off my shoes, took off my socks, went in the water, hit it. was, I actually, it was a really good shot. I yeah. was very, I've always kind of wanted, you know, those shots you see, like, I, 
somebody does it. I've always wanted yeah, to have one of those shots. That? Like I actually want to have a shot where I can go in and take off my shoes and socks and you know, you could do that many times, but you got to go like almost up to your head. This one yeah. was perfect. Right on the edge, went in, hit a good shot, ended up winning. Epic. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my invitation to golf with you. I've been golfing since I was 5. So Wait, what do we'll you mean? See. You're in a different you're doing um, you're with I'm here during the weeks. You're yeah, next week and you're probably on <laughs> Jeff Bezos's boat. You I'm never in know Vegas it. Next Vegas? <laughs> my husband's playing in Vegas. I'm going to the show. All right. Okay. Here's what we're going to talk about. Yes. This is the this is one of the highlights of my weekend because I actually I've been watching a lot of Kasumba Dennis's games. Ooh, do we have an update? We have an update. Okay. Um he got into his first game for the Frederick Keys in the MLB Draft League and his first two at bats he walked, mm -hmm. got on base in his first two at bats, and then his third at bat hits a ball up the middle off the pitcher's glove, sprinting down to first base and was out on a bang-bang play at first base. But honestly, I just need to say how proud I am of him. I've watched this league. These these players are legit. Yeah. Like, we're seeing guys throw 95 in this league, like really top college athletes. And he's just come over into a world that makes no sense to him, mm -hmm. extremely overwhelmed and anxious. And literally after two days over here, while he's still, you know, he had to navigate through the Atlanta airport and didn't know what was going on and was a little overwhelmed there, very overwhelmed there. Next thing you know, he's playing in games against guys throwing 95, and he's putting together good at bats. I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy. Uh, obviously, I have said I'm going to root for him the whole time, and um, and I am wishing him the best, but you never really know, like, you never really know how no. he's going to, I don't think any, I don't think he knew how he's going to do. When I interviewed him last week, you know, I asked him like, what's the pitching like that you've faced? Have you like, what's the hardest you've ever seen? And he's like, I've seen some good pitching, uh, for the Uganda national team, but you know, you could tell he was kind of uncertain. So to come over and, and face the pitchers that he's facing and put together competitive at bats. It's just so cool. I'm so proud of him. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait till he gets his first hit. That's oh, it's be coming. I, oh, I know. It's coming. That's going to be There was a bang-bang play at first yeah. base. Ah, uh, it was so close. Um, you know what else is so close? What? Uh, the Yankees-Dodgers series, which was our tale of the tape last week. Oh, yeah. It's all coming down to literally it's, right now. That's what we said. <laughs> I said Kershaw's going to take game one. Cole's going to take game two. And we were both like, Game three, rubber match, it's going to be up in the air. And it was a pitching duel. We're now top of the ninth, 2-1 Yankees. 2-1 Yanks, top nine, Everything and more, though, that we've wanted in this series. This series, Let me before we even talk about this series, let me just give a massive kudos to Major League Baseball for making this happen with the schedule this year. We need Dodgers-Yankees every year. And now we it's, will. It just feels like it means more. It does. You know, it's just the two massive markets, superstars everywhere you turn. I tweeted this while I was watching one of the games. Baseball needs Dodgers versus Yankees every year. The fact we only, only used to get it once every four years is a shame. This is great. New schedule is a big W. I believe it's... I think I was off there. I think it's every three years we were getting it. But my point remains. Mm -hmm. This needs to happen. And, you know, it just feels like 
people are you got spike lee traveling across the country for this series because it just it just feels like it means more and i'm just i've been blown away by the series great play all around good offense at times really good pitching at times we're seeing it in the sunday night game great pitching uh we've gotten everything from aaron judge we got a homer down the left field line and then we got him i don't know if you saw this running into the fence running through the the fence fence. the bullpen fence caught a ball running back to the track off jd martinez bat catches it big part of the game runner on first close game catches it and literally runs through the fence breaks it open I would hate to be that fence in the moment. That's well, a big boy. Also, thank goodness he didn't get hurt. Well, that he missed, could have been. He missed the Sunday game. So I he avoided oh. a big injury, yeah. but you know, ended up day to day and not playing in the Sunday game. But I, I do he could not have serious. he could have gotten a serious injury yeah. there. Um but just a just a great series and to me to me, no matter who you're a fan of, one thing you can't really argue is the Yankees are the Yankees are the Yankees and whether you love them or hate them they're like this they're like the juggernaut of the league in terms of like massive sports they're one of the most valuable sports franchises decorated in sports history yeah in New York we all they're the New York Yankees and then the Dodgers are that on the opposite coast yeah you know used to be over there it used to be yeah. over there. My my grandma used to go to Brooklyn Dodgers games mm-hmm. all the time. And um, I mean, it's just it's the perfect matchup. And the fact that we get this every year now is great to see Aaron Judge out on the field against Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole. Man, it's been a blast. This has been a great series. And the Yankees are three outs away from taking the series. The rivalry is real. And as we mentioned, we got everything we want. The Aces showed up to play. The star players gave us everything they we wanted. I mean, Friday, the Dodgers came out and scored six runs in the first inning. Home <laughs> runs from Mookie Betts and Muncie. Mookie had a four-hit game. Kershaw got it done. And then next day, Saturday, the Yankees come out and do everything they needed to do to the tie up the series. I mean, I I love this. This yeah. is this is what baseball needed. This has been great. So if you hear any uh, screams or anything, we got a close game, and you guys know I get emotional with baseball. Yeah, you'll you'll know what's happening here. <laughs> but um, um, that's been that was a that was a good thing, and yeah. is a good thing that's happening over the weekend. Um, a bit of a a bit of a tough update. Yeah, we got some devastating news about Steven Strasburg shut down from all physical activity with severe nerve damage. Yeah, pretty much shut down for the foreseeable future. The exact tweet. Um, was Steven Strasburg is completely shut down from physical activity again and is dealing with, quote, severe nerve damage, as three people familiar with this situation have put. Um, this is this is tough because severe nerve damage, there is a very, very real chance that we don't see Steven Strasburg pitch again mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball, which sucks, um, obviously. Um that's not me being a doctor saying that. That's me understanding a little bit about severe nerve damage, but also a lot of people saying we we may not get to see Steven Strasburg ever pitch again in his career. And it makes me just think about his career. One of the most hyped prospects coming out of San Diego State, one of the more hyped pitching prospects we've seen, him and Harper, both extremely hyped up prospects. And I remember watching his first outing first outing of his career 
um, where he pitched against the Pirates in his debut. I was on my high school beach week, had just graduated, was at beach week, and everybody was together watching Strasburg's debut. And it was just so dominant. And I loved watching him and was hopeful that his career would turn, you know, I was, I always hope hype turns into, it's good for the sport. Mm -hmm. And the career he's gone on to have being injuries, a lot of injuries, but a lot of dominance mixed in there as well. So Alex, when I think back on Steven Strasburg's career, Mm -hmm. I'm going to think very good, very good. Um, Three-time All-Star, one-time World Series champion, and World Series MVP. I'm going to think back on that first ever start that I watched against the Pirates. I'm going to think back about his dominance, and I'm going to think back about that 2019 World Series because that's going to live with me forever. And it was not it was not fun to watch in the moment. But now looking back, um, I'm going to remember... I'm going to remember Steven Strasburg for one of the most dominant seasons and most historic seasons of all time. A great regular season. He went 18 and 6 in 2019 with 251 strikeouts, a 3-3 ERA. But the postseason, mm-hmm. the postseason is where it all turned around, um, or where it became as historic. He went. He was the World Series MVP. Went 2 and 0 in his World Series starts, including that crucial. Game six. The Astros lost the first two games of the World Series at home, won the next three on the road, and everybody in the world was saying, well, that's it. You know, you can't go back to Houston and beat Justin and Garrett Cole and Zach Granke when they're all ready to pitch and win that series. But Steven Strasburg went out in that game in game six, pitched into the ninth inning, allowing only two runs, became the first pitcher in league history to go 5-0 and in a single postseason. Just a great, I would say a very good career um, that was riddled with injuries and unfortunate, uh, but that 2019 season broke so many records in that postseason. Second most strikeouts in a single postseason behind only Kurt Schilling. Joins Randy Johnson and Francisco Rodriguez as only pitchers with five wins in a postseason. He laid it all on the table for that 2019 season. And that season, he got paid after that. And that was kind of the last we really saw of of Steven Strasburg. He laid it all on the line for that World Series championship. And look, I'm not saying that we will never see him again, but there is a there is a there is a chance that we never see him again. And if that chance is true, um, a very good career. Great and that is not an overreaction. That is not an overreaction. No. Um, while I was in the midst of that, Alex, I, I, I'm I was it. I just looked down and saw us four to one. It. Did you see what happened? I didn't see it. No. Four one Yankees. Yeah. I, can somebody tell me what happened? Now we're heading down to uh bottom of the ninth. Anthony Volpe, two run homer. The rookie shortstop with two run bomb. Okay, in yeah. Dodger Stadium. Maybe this'll be. Maybe this will be what turns around Anthony Volpe's season. Kind of yeah. showed flat. great defensively, not the offensive season everybody's wanted as Yankees fans, hitting under 200 on the year. But, hey, national big game. game like this, national game mm-hmm. in Dodger Stadium, big homer to, I don't want to say yet, give your team the win, but really give you some cushion. Uh, maybe this is what gets Anthony Volpe going. Maybe. That might not be an overreaction. That might not be an overreaction. But (laughs) let's get to overreaction Monday. I'm going to give Ben some statements. 
You tell me if it's an overreaction or not. You ready for our first one? Yes. The D-backs will win the NL West. Ooh, my fighting <laughs> Diamondbacks. The fighting D-backs, baby. They are a blast. They are 35 and 24. Um, this team is a lot of fun. <sighs> D-backs will win the NL West. I'm going to shock the world here. I'm going to shock the world. What are you going to say? I am going to say this is not an overreaction. What? However, however, this is very dependent on a few things. They need to add heavy at the deadline. That's the only reason this is not an overreaction. Uh, as it sits right now, the D-backs aren't going to win the NL West. That will... I think the Dodgers are the clear front runners to do that, um, or the the clear odds-on favorite now with the with the Padres playing how they are, and them being neck and neck with the D-backs. I believe if the if the Dodgers go on to lose this game, they will still both be tied atop the NL West, but the Dodgers will be the favorites to win the division. I am going to say that this is not an overreaction, heavily dependent on them adding at the deadline. They need starting pitching. They need starting pitching depth, and they need bullpen help. That's the only reason I'm willing to say this. But as you know, I'm a huge believer in this team. Um, my hot take of the 2023 season was that the D-backs make the playoffs. I feel great about that. Yeah, you should. I love that. Um, the overreaction Monday question of will they win the West, um, if they have this team all year long, I don't think they can hold off the star power of the Los Angeles Dodgers. But if this team – and if this team – goes all in and buys all in and I'm not convinced that this organization is going to do it but if they do if they go get a pitcher if they go out and add a Shane Bieber who I've heard his name tossed around as a possible trade candidate if they go add bullpen help they certainly can so that's why I'm going to say this is not an overreaction but it's heavily dependent on a few things you're just glowing talking about the D-backs. They're so fun. Every time you talk about them, your face just like goes to another level. Every time, Alex, that Corbin Carroll <laughs> does something well. Do you know how proud it makes me? I know. Not only do I feel like a proud father, I also look like his yes, father. Yes, you do. Yes, and you it do. has been so fun watching him this year. You probably got so tired of me before the season. I, I did. feel like for months leading up, I couldn't stop clamoring on about Corbin Carroll and how good he is and how he's like He's a comp to MVP Jacoby Ellsbury. He hits for power. He can hit for an average. He can run faster than everybody. And this year, he's got 20 stolen bases. He's got – he just hit another homer on Sunday. He's got double-digit homers. He's hitting, like, close to 300. This guy's the real deal. Yep. I nicknamed him MVPCC, and then he came on the show, and I asked him what he thought of the nickname. He loved it. I literally thought it was foreshadowing because I think at some point he's going to win an MVP award. He could win it this year. Look at the year he's having. Maybe not win it, but he could get MVP In votes. In the conversation. In the conversation. Yeah. In the That's conversation. Fair. I'm going to bring you back down Thank to life you. a little bit. Well, I love your excitement, and I love the fire. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's paying off. I mean, you got Ronald so Acuna. Yes. Yeah. Is he going to win MVP this year? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. But he's rolling. The yeah. D-backs are rolling, and they're tied for first place 
with with the with the Dodgers, and they're a, a blast of a team to watch. Who am I? I've been rooting for them. I've been I've been on the I've been driving the Corbin Carroll fan wagon all year long. Who am I to say no when they're tied with the Dodgers? They just need they need help. They Ooh, need pitching help. I like help. fan wagon. I just made that up in the moment. Fan wagon. I was like, that's. I literally thought catchy. of it as I said it. I made fan wagon. That was wagon. good. Good work. Did I make that up? You did fan wagon. <laughs> I dig. All right, next all right. one. Moving on to our next overreaction. The Marlins are for real. Absolutely. Yep. The Marlins are for real. Absolutely. I, I feel like I feel like we're watching the NL East and everybody's saying, "Ha, the Phillies and the Mets are behind the Marlins." Pump the brakes here for a second. Let's talk about this Marlins team. They are not getting close to the love they deserve. They have a dominant pitching staff. Edward Cabrera is nasty. Yuri Perez, the youngest pitcher in the game, like the youngest player in in baseball, is nasty. Uh, Jesus Lazardo and one of their pitchers, one of their one of their worst pitchers, starting pitchers this season, has been oh yeah, reigning NL Cy Young Award winner Sandy Alcantara. You gotta believe he's going to turn it around. Through 60 games played, the Marlins are 32 and 28, tied for the third best start to a season in club history. This team is definitely for real. You want to talk pitching? We can talk pitching with the Marlins. You want to talk offense? Yeah, it might not be up there with the league's best offense, but you want a guy that hits for a high average? Luis Arise. The guy's hitting 400. I mean, come on. He went five for five the other day to get his average back up to like 390 on the year. Jorge Soler hit 12 homers in the month of May. You got power, you got average, and then if they can put it all together, you're talking about a pretty, pretty solid, decent, I'm not going to use great adjectives here, but a pretty decent offense that's capable of scoring more runs than their pitching is going to give up. And that's why we're seeing them be very good because of dominant pitching an offense that's able to get it done, and really good defense as well. So uh, absolutely the Marlins are for real. Yeah. Give them some more love. Yep. I, not only are they for real, they're not getting near the love they deserve. No. I agree with you. Okay. All right. Moving to our next overreaction. Tristan McKenzie's return will lead Cleveland to the AL Central title. Well, Tristan McKenzie is back. Yes. That's the first and foremost, which is great. He gave up one hit over five innings in his debut today, his first start of the year, and he just picked right up where he left off. The guy's nasty. Uh, overreaction Monday, will his return lead to an AL Central title? No. Okay. The The Guardians' problem isn't pitching. It's that they, they can't hit. Mm, that's fair. They, they can't hit. You got guys that had great breakout years last year. Ahmed Rosario can't hit. Jimenez can't hit. What These guys are just not able to hit right now, and it's gone a complete opposite direction. They don't look good offensively. Um, so I'm going to say no. Okay. I, I think the Minnesota Twins are by far the more complete team. I really like their rotation. I think offensively they're light years above the Guardians. The Guardians sit currently three and a half games behind the Twins, and I don't see them making up that ground simply because Tristan McKenzie is going to be a stud all year. I do believe that. Uh, but but we're talking – there's talks right now that the Guardians are seriously considering trading Shane Bieber. Like, they're not in buy mode. They're in sell uh, mode. 
That's bad. And if that happens, I mean, you can then kiss no. the season goodbye. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Though I'm a big, big Tristan McKenzie fan. Yeah. All right. Our final overreaction. De La Cruz should be called up immediately. Ellie De La Cruz needs to be a big leaguer. That is not an overreaction. Ellie De La Cruz is going to be a superstar. I mean a superstar. Call this guy up. He's hitting 300 with 12 homers in 37 minor league games this year with an OPS of 1,000 on the season. 10 doubles, 3 triples, 11 stolen bases. Oh, by the way, amongst all minor league baseball shortstops, he's arguably the best defensively. Defense, speed, power, high average. When you think Ellie De La Cruz, think O'Neill Cruz, but a switch hitting O'Neill Cruz. He is all Ellie De La Cruz is six foot five. Oof. He's a massive shortstop. He plays a fantastic defense. He has every single tool in the book. Call him up. Okay? Call him up. But I'm gonna do you one better, Alex. Okay. In fact, I'm not just gonna stop there. Also, we need to call up CES. CES. Learn the name Christian Encarnacion Strand, hence the CES. I'm so excited for the future of the Cincinnati Reds. If you're a Reds fan, you should be on cloud nine right now. Maybe not cloud nine, cloud eight, because they're close. Mm -hmm. Cloud eight's close to cloud nine. You're so close if the organization does it right, which bear with me. I don't know if I believe in them, but the pieces are there. Let me tell you what Christian Encarnacion Strand, CES, is doing in the minor leagues. He's batting 333 with 14 homers in 36 games. These two, along with what we already see in the big leagues with Matt McClain, with Jonathan India, with Hunter Green, with Nick Lodolo, this team is on the cusp of if they do it right, you can see the pieces of them being very good. It is an exciting time to be a Reds fan while also not being out of a very poor NL Central, which goes back to your original question, Alex. Call them up. Yeah. Call them up. Ellie De La Cruz and CES are dominating in the minor leagues. Call the guys up. Add them to this team that is certainly in contention. They're coming off a tough weekend series, but call them up. Let them be a part of this. You're not far out of first place, a.k.a. a playoff spot. Call them up. Let the kids play. I'll say it again. I've been saying it with yeah. the Mets all year. Let the kids play. Absolutely. Call them up. But more than that, just Reds fans, you got some talent coming. Ellie De La Cruz is a future mega superstar in this game. I, I, I will not stop short of any adjective you can find. The guy is going to be the real deal, and he's around the corner. I think he should be up already. I know Matt McClain's playing a great shortstop. Put him at third base. You can't have a problem of too much talent. Let the guy play third base. Move Nick Senzel to the outfield. That's certainly a possibility. Senzel's been good. Move him to the outfield. You got flexibility there with the utility guy. Come on. Let me, let me be in the front office. I'd call up those two guys. I'd shift Senzel to the outfield, and I'd stop selling off pieces, and, and I'd pay guys. Pay players, have fun, win games. Simple. Simple. Easy peasy. <laughs>
<laughs> ben the GM. I just get tired of yeah, like. I know. I get tired of it. Like, players are good. Like, if yeah. the, you know, give just, them a chance. Just call your guys up. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance. Makes sense. Yeah. So not an overreaction. Call That's them okay. Up. Well, speaking of young phenoms, let's get to your top three rookies. Are these going to be of the week or of the month? These are going to be rookies of the month. But first, quick update. That you, you seem to be avoiding it. I am avoiding it. You're moving it. on real quick because <laughs> the game just there. went final, and you don't want to admit that I won our tail of the did. tape this week. We're back to even. <sighs> Yankees win game three in the series on Sunday, four to one, and win the series two to one over the Dodgers. Great, great, great series. Um, but yes, game just went final. Yanks win four one. Um, yeah. So this is going to be top rookies of the, the month. month. All right, well, let's get started with number three, Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer is number three on my list after being named NL Rookie of the Month, but he's number three on my list. He hit 318 on the month with six homers and 19 RBIs. Again, I just talk so much about the Reds and we got so excited, and I'm getting all excited again because this is a name I didn't even mention. Mm-hmm. Spencer Steer, unbelievable. The young guys are here to play, and he has certainly been one of them. A great month, hitting bombs over the monster, signing his name in the green monster. Ah, great. But he's here at number three. With an epic stash. Great stash. Let's move on to number two, Francisco Alvarez. Yes. So Francisco Alvarez has come up and meant everything for this New York Mets team. 292 on the month with seven homers, 17 RBIs and an OPS of 1.029. So, Francisco Alvarez is the name that I bumped above Spencer Steer. I believe those two were neck and neck for NL Rookie of the Month. Uh, I just think for the way he came up and really just was that shot in the arm for what the Mets needed, Mm -hmm. and it's not just that. Um, Statistically, yes, the homers, the OPS is there, but the clutch hits. How many times this month have we talked about this Mets team needs some help? Francisco Alvarez stepping up to the plate, down two runs in the ninth inning. He hits that huge homer that ended up beating the Tampa Bay Rays in that huge series. Um, And he's had multiple huge, massive clutch homers. So yes, the stats are good. He's been great. I don't think when Omar Nevaez comes back that he is going to be the catcher that goes down, which I think was the original plan. I think he's come up and and forced the hand into being the starting catcher for this New York Mets team, uh, the number one prospect. I, I think, look, I, I texted this to Justin the other night. I He's gotten so much better, I think, behind the plate. Just watching how he leads a pitching staff, how he's framing pitches, I, I think he's gotten – so much better from when I first saw him call up call it up. I don't think he was I don't think he was bad by any means. I just think he had a lot of work to do. What'd your brother have to say about him? How does he feel with him? Yeah, he likes all I, I think Justin likes throwing to him. I think I think you can tell by how much he's playing. Yeah. That the staff likes throwing to him. Max Scherzer himself said like yeah. that's the guy I want to throw to. That's fair. And you can tell his repertoire with, with his rapport. That's the word, right? Yeah. Rapport. Yeah with players is getting better and better. You can see how much more comfortable they're getting. And I don't know, maybe it's no surprise that Justin and Max are both now pitching great. Justin's start on Friday, 
gave up one run over his six innings, uh, his the highest pitch count total of the year. He pitched great. Max the night before that was great. Uh, the way he has adapted behind the plate, the clutch moments for this team, and the overall numbers on the month are the reason for me that Francisco Alvarez is number two on this list. And number one, Josh Young. Josh Young is really jumping out to a – like, not only should I be AL Rookie of the Year, I should be an all-star. Like, that's what he's doing right now. 318 on the month, six homers, 16 RBIs, clutch homers, massive bombs, good defense while playing for this Rangers team that, you know – the Rangers are starting to become one of the talks of baseball because of how good their offense is. Don't think for one second it's just because of Marcus Simeon and, and Corey Seager. Josh Young has been a massive part of this very good Rangers lineup while being a rookie. 318, six homers, 16 RBIs, and he is my number one top rookie of the month, which is Spencer Steer, three, Francisco Alvarez, two, Josh Young is number one. That's great. You know, that leads us to yes. your team of the month. These first of the month shows are fun because you yeah. really get to Just a full digest. synopsis yeah. of what we saw over the month that was, this yeah. being the month of May. Let's start at the catcher position with Sean Murphy of the Atlanta Braves. Another great month. I think he might have been on the first team of the month. Not, Don't quote me on that, though. But he's having a great season in his first season with the Braves. 313 average on the month, five homers, 22 RBIs. He is my catcher on Team of the Month. Moving to first base, Freddie Freeman. Are you kidding me? I, I just feel like at some point every year, Freddie just turns it on and never looks back. Mm -hmm. So in the month of May, what did he do? Well, he turned it on. 400? He had 400 on the month with six homers, 26 RBIs, and an OPS just south of 1,200, 1.184. Wow, he's my first baseman. Moving on to second base, Marcus Simeon. Yeah, Marcus Simeon, 322, three homers, 21 RBIs, a, a, a great year for Marcus Simeon. This has been also, by the way, 23-game hit streak. That's what we're seeing from Marcus Simeon. Yep. Will he get to 56? I don't know. We're still a long way away, but you can't get to 56 without getting to 23. I can tell you that much. He's my second baseman on my team of the month. All right, moving over to third base, Josh Young. Yeah, just talked about him. Number one rookie of the month for me and number one third baseman team of the month. 318, six homers, 16 RBIs. He's my third baseman. Moving over to shortstop, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette. Fun fact, has just led the led the league in hitting in 2021, led the league in hitting in 2022, and ho-hum, leading the league in hitting in 2023. 350, five homers, 20 RBIs in the month of May. He is my shortstop on Team of the Month. So impressive. All right, now let's head to the outfield. Now remember, these are just three outfielders, not by position. First one you got, Juan Soto. Juan Soto has been on a tear after starting the season not very well. 333 average in the month, five homers, 15 RBIs, and an OPS north of 1,100. Since April 27th, 
first in all of baseball in WRC plus and first in all of baseball in OPS at 1.146. This is the Juan Soto that I predicted to be NL MVP. I don't know if he's going to surpass Ronald Acuna at this point, but this is the this is the Juan Soto that was at, at a time one of, if not the best hitter in the game of baseball. And he just got out of the gates really, really slowly, but he has picked it up and he had a fantastic May. Second outfielder, Robert. Luis Robert Jr. 310 average, eight home runs, 17 RBIs, and an OPS north of a thousand. Great month for him. There was that stretch. Um, there was that stretch of like a week where he literally he hit a homer every single day. And yeah, fantastic. So he is my center fielder, which you mentioned, Alex, this go, you know, we always say three outfielders, regardless of position. Yep. The first two in their position, same with the last one. So this time, team of the month, the outfielders lined up perfectly. And your third outfielder, Aaron the one and only Judge. Yeah. I mean, it almost was to the, like I was putting this team together. Yeah. And you have to you have to knock the guy in a team of the month for not playing all of the month because he was still in the IL for a lot of it. So obviously, that's a that's a little bit of a knock against him. And then you just look at the numbers and you say, well, who was more productive? Like. 342, 12 homers, 25 RBIs, and an OPS of 1.356. And also the turnaround for the New York Yankees. I just mean, I mean, what he what he's meant to that team. I know he spent some of the month on the IL, but to me, uh, it, you'll be hard pressed to find somebody that was more productive. He is my third and final outfielder: Juan Soto, Luis Robert, and Aaron Judge. All right, moving to designated hitter, Anthony Santander. Yeah, again, another slow start. 337, though, in the month of May. Seven homers, 22 RBI for the Baltimore Oriole. Switch hitter, great year last year. Slow start, had many scratching their heads. Now he's back, and he's been great for an Orioles team that is also great. So, uh, yeah, he's my DH. Starting pitcher, Nathan Evaldi. Holy moly. <laughs> Well, holy moly, 4-0, a 0.96 ERA, 31 strikeouts in 37 and two-thirds innings pitched. By the way, that's just the month of May. He also pitched Sunday and was dominant again, but that can't count for these stats, but another win. But in the month of May, I mean, with Jacob deGrom out, he has stepped up and been huge for a Rangers team which guess what? You look up at the Rangers, you look at the Rangers team, three of them are on this mm -hmm. team of the month. Nadia Evaldi, great, my starting pitcher. Your closing pitcher, Alexis Diaz. Alexis Diaz, Edwin's brother from one dominant closer in Edwin Diaz. He gets hurt and goes down, and up comes Alexis Diaz, who showed last year that it looked like he was going to be a dominant reliever. And yes, that is the case. Nine saves on the month, just one earned run and five hits, 22 strikeouts and 12 and a third innings pitch, 13 for 13 and save opportunities on the year. I really like this team. We had a great May. Me and my team had yeah. a great month of May. So that's why I put them together. Great. 
Good on the Rangers too. Three of three of the. That's incredible. How many are there? I, that's Nine. how you got to show uh, they're for real. Yeah, and they're yeah they're a dangerous team. Okay, so who is your player of the Ooh. month? All right, so that's my team of the month. My yeah. player of the month, Aaron Judge. Yep, uh-huh. Aaron Judge. 342, 23 runs scored, 12 homers, and 25 RBIs. And really, the turnaround that the Yankees' offense needed. Not that they weren't good, but, you know, here here's a, here's a fact. Being good in the AL East ain't going to be good enough. No. You got to be great in the AL East. And Aaron Judge came up and made the Yankees great again. 342, 12 homers on the month. That made him my player of the month. Who's your player of the month, Alex? My player I of think, the month. I have a guess. But you do? Yeah. Dodgers first baseman, <laughs> Freddie Freeman. That was I my mean, guess. how can you not? He averaged 400 on the month of May, 28 runs, six home runs, 26 RBI. He was top of the league, obviously, in batting average, top five in slugging, third best OPS. But he, I don't want to say secretly is having a great season, but we just don't talk about it as much as, say, someone like an Aaron Judge, your player of the month. But he kicked it into a different gear in the month of May. So that's why Freddie is my player of the month. All right. That is that is. I mean, it's the, it's those two. I know it is the top two. Of the month. It's those two. Yeah. Uh, I you know, big power guy. Twelve homers. I'll take the twelve homers. Yeah. Four hundred average though. Tough. I mean, yeah. we're, we're not. Neither of us are wrong. Nope. So uh, yeah. So that does it for my team of the month. Which kudos to us. We had a great month. We did. And our players of the month. All right. Now it's time for your power rankings this week. Let's get started with number ten. They were not ranked last week but made their way back into your power rankings the brewers the brewers are back 32 and 27 in first place in the nl central that gets them here at the 10 spot um coming off three wins in a row swept the reds who honestly are were playing pretty good baseball surprising team uh so a good weekend series sweep there good enough to get them back in the top 10 at number 10. And at number nine, another team making their way back into the power rankings, the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have been a one big roller coaster. They start the year in the power rankings. They get up to at least the top five. I think they were in the top three at one point, fall completely out of the power rankings, and then really were, were quite bad for like a week stretch there. And then this past week is great, coming off four wins in a row, 33 and 27, but a massive series sweep in Queens against the against the Mets. Great sweep there for them. They were really doing it all. I was very impressed by by the Blue Jays. Offensively pitching, great defense as well, great base running. That gets them back here. They're at number 9. Holding strong at 8, the D-backs. The D-backs are here at number 8. Oh man, I was close to moving them up. Uh if they had beat so coming off 6 6 wins in a row entering the weekend series against the Atlanta Braves, but they lost two of three to the Braves. It all came down to a uh, two-out, ninth-inning homer, Eddie Rosario, for the Braves to win the series. If they had won that game, definitely getting a good bump. But I ended up keeping them here at number eight. But 
they're so fun. 35 and 25, tied for the division lead in the NL West. How about those fighting D-backs? They are here at number eight. And once again at number seven, I'm guessing because of how the weekend series went right above the D-backs, the Braves. The Braves stayed put as well. Um, they were going to flip-flop. They were going to flip-flop because the Braves, after being here last week, you know what? You know what? Hmm. The talk last week, I moved the Braves down to seven after being like two for the majority of the year, get bumped down a little bit, bit by bit, and then playing some frustrating baseball. Moved them down to seven, got a lot of flack for it. And then what'd they do? They lost two of three to the Oakland days. Okay? You can't do you that. You can't do that. Even it, it might be May, beginning of June. Mm -mm. You can't do that. They did it. So uh, I was ready to bump them down again, but then against a very, very good D-backs team, win that game. Eddie Rosario got hot. Austin Riley's heating up. The Braves are 35-24. and 24. Kept them put at number seven. And at number six, we got three in a row staying in their same spots, the Houston Astros. Yeah, kind of – Kind of the same deal with the Astros, except you know they were playing really good baseball, and then a 500, they played really good against the Angels, win that weekend series, but lose a series earlier in the week that you know they shouldn't have really lost. No business losing that, but they did, so can't move them up. Didn't move them down, so you know that's a good place for them, right where they were at number six. They're 35 and 24. All right, moving into your top five, down one spot at number five, I'm guessing because they lost the series to the Yankees, the LA Dodgers. 35 and 25, lose the series to the Yankees. That was that was the swing. Mm -hmm. um, so they have to get bumped down a little bit. Playing decent baseball, were, they were playing great. There was nobody playing better than them in the National League, at least for about a three, four week stretch there. But a couple hiccups over the last week or so, so uh, bumped them down with that series loss to the Dodgers, 35 and 25. So uh, couldn't, you know, they beat the they beat the Nationals in the series, but which we were at, mm -hmm. by the way, saw a Freddie home run, but bumped them down just after that loss to the Yankees. At number four, also bumped down one spot, the Orioles. Yeah, Orioles, 37 and 22. Big fan. Love the Orioles. They've been a lot of fun this year. Uh, beat the Giants in a weekend series, but lost the series earlier in the week. So about a 500 week for them, which is fine. Not going to hurt you, but it's not going to bump you up in the standings. I guess technically it did hurt them. They moved down a spot, but we'll explain that more in a second. The O's are fun. They're for real. Please buy. Please be buyers at the <laughs> trade deadline. Not even then. Please just do it. Just do it now. 37 and 22. Buy. Do it. 37 and 22. At number three, up two spots, the New York Yankees. 36 and 25. Look, I, I I know the Orioles have the better overall record, but power rankings isn't about record. It's about current form. It's about the way you're currently playing while also keeping in mind the season. For example, if the Rays get swept over the next few days, Let's say the Rays lose every single game this next week. They're not going to get moved completely out because you have to take into consideration what they've done all year. However, also taking into mind what the, the Yankees are doing recently, Aaron Judge back. Giancarlo Stanton back. Pitching has been good. I think they're playing a little bit better right now than the O's. I know they're behind them in the, the standings, but I have them ahead of them in the power rankings. They're here at number three. And at number two, holding strong, 
the Texas Rangers. They're so good. They are. They're so much fun offensively. This team, they're so much fun to watch because you never know. You might run into a game where they're going to give up 10, not when Nadia Valdi's pitching. But in that game, they're probably going to score 18. That's just how good their offense has been this year. Offensively, lights out, dominant pitching-wise. Nadia Valdi has been great. They're doing all of this without Jacob deGrom, who I've heard I think he's starting to throw again. So Rangers are the second-best team in baseball right now, 38-20. and 20. And the best team in baseball still the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, this hasn't changed in no. a long time and I, I 42 and 19. 42 and 19. They are so good. Mm-hmm. I've talked about them a lot this year because they're number 1 every single week. But we know why they're doing it. Offensively, pitching, defense, they do it all. They have they they utilize every single spot on their roster perfectly. They have guys that are producing offensively. Um, at career years that aren't even everyday players. I mean, think about that luxury. To be able to platoon guys that are having like career years, uh, they are so good, they are dangerous, and they, as in the Tampa Bay Rays, round out this week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. It's crazy. Like, they're still just as good as they were at the start of the season. They're just, they're unbeatable right now. I mean, I know they've lost a couple of series, but... Eh. Man, they're for real. They are. They are for real. I would speaking of like teams buying and teams selling. We're getting close to. We're going to be talking trade deadline stuff we have here. To. Probably very. We should probably start talking about that. We're going to be talking okay. it very soon. And the Rays are a team that they don't really. It's not something they normally do, but I would really like to see them go. What do you want them to get? A big bat. Huh. I would a big bat. What are they going to give up though? Hey, they got so much. Give up the. I, I, if it ain't broke, don't fix. You don't want to like lose someone and then have it mix everything up. Yeah, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're not like you know. You're just like adding to it. That's okay. like saying, well, don't go get a Ferrari because your Honda Civic works perfectly no, great. No, but they ain't. They're not a Honda Civic. <laughs> you give them a little more credit than that. But it's gonna be. It's gonna be very interesting. But just like here. adding a adding, you know, like what they did when the talk when. Nelson Cruz with a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, just like I see your offense or, you know, like with the good team, like the Dodgers, you would yeah. never say every year, like, this is what they need. Guess what? They go out and add Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And it's like, it wasn't broke then. They certainly, that's true. They turned their Honda Civic into a Ferrari. <laughs> that's what the Rays, <laughs> the Rays need a Ferrari their Honda Civic. That's it. That's We're, it. Done. We're done. Uh, it. Thank no you all for listening to this Monday episode. First Monday episode of the month. We will be back tomorrow with two episodes. One drops normal time overnight, 5 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Pacific, and then another one later in the day this week in Shohei Otani News. But that does it for this Monday episode, my friends. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything we do on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening to this Monday episode. Until tomorrow, my friends, peace.